Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everybody. This is Helen Johannesson from Helen's Wines, the small little gem box wine shop in Los Angeles, inside of a restaurant called John and Vinny's. And this is my podcast, Wine Face. Listen, I've been traveling all over the world, working with chefs and Wine Face is a podcast where we take everything I've learned, everything other people know and break it down for you into small, digestible, little snackable bites. Maybe you love food and wine and maybe you want to know more. Maybe you just want to impress your partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, other friend whatever. I am here for you. If you want to find me in person, you can find me at Helen's Wines in Los Angeles, where I've partnered with two amazing chefs, John and Vinny, in our restaurant, John and Vinny's. Or you can find me online, helenswines.com or at Helen's Wines on Instagram. But today I'm super excited to take a little mini toe dip or a maybe a wade into the waist into da, 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 Switzerland. I know. Switzerland? What? They make wine there? I mean, I think part of the reason why no one really knows about Swiss wine is not a lot of Swiss wine around to drink. And it's also pretty expensive. But most Swiss wine is really amazing. And it's really, really well made. So we're going to talk about it a little bit just to kind of get a little 411 on what's happening in Switzerland. This is also part of a quarantine wine face series called Oh, the Places I Would Like to Travel to Right Now. And Switzerland's one of my favorite places I've been to. I haven't been all over, but the little bits I've been to are really incredible and beautiful. And like you can swim in the canals in Zurich. What? Crazy. So most Swiss wine, most Swiss wine, <laughs> mostly... Swiss wine is made in the southern part of the country. There's limited exposure to wine from made by Swiss peeps because most of the wine is consumed within the country and the most is exported to Germany, their neighbor. So if you're not in Switzerland and you're not in Germany, most likely it's going to be hard to find a bounty of Swiss wine. About only 2% of their entire production gets exported, which is not that 
much. They make a lot of wine and they're getting lit on their own supply. So holler at the Swiss peeps. I'm into you and you already know that because I love Switzerland. All right. Wine has been made in Switzerland for a long ass time, much like most of Europe. They've been making wine there since the Roman era, but there is also evidence that They've been making wine since the Celtic era, which is right before the Roman era. Evidence has been found of wine that was put into clay vessels. It had little carving inscriptions on it next to a dead woman. They're thinking it was part of the funeral. They drink the wine. People get buried with the wine. It was sort of a Celtic era thing. But this all went down in one of the most famous Swiss winemaking regions, which is called the Valais. If you were going to the like a valley, but then you it's spelled differently and then you add a little like accento and it's like the valet. Not like you're gonna park my car, but it's spelled V-A-L-A-I-S. Okay, so it's super hard to find Swiss wine. WTF, it's because mostly it's drunk there. Two percent of production is exported. But when you find it, chances are it will change your life because the wine is so well made and it's amazing. That being said, I don't categorically love all Swiss wine. I'm just, you know, glazing the cake here, y'all. The other factor is most Swiss wine is kind of expensive for wine, you know, for everyday drinking wine. It's in direct correlation with the Swiss cost of living, which is higher than ours. Things in Switzerland are expensive and the wine follows suit with that. So it's going to be hard pressed to find in America, 15, 20, 25, even $30 bottle of Swiss wine. And I'm sorry, because I still want to talk about Switzerland. And usually I try and, you know, include wine on the podcast that's affordable for everybody. But in this case, it's probably unlikely, or I know it is unlikely. Every wine that I've had from Switzerland in the shop has always been you know, minimum is $38 or above. And it's just the way that cookie's crumbling. YOLO for the Swiss wine. Switzerland is also really cool because it's neighbored by Germany, Italy, and France. So there's influences on Switzerland by each parts of those different areas that are neighboring each country. So there's like French Switzerland, Swiss German, Italian Swiss vibes, you know, there's a lot of commingly vibes going on depending on which part of Switzerland you're in. To me, that's really amazing. And you definitely see it reflected in the winemaking, the grapes that are grown and the traditions. So wherever you are in Suisse-en-Nut, that's what my friend Amanda and I used to call it, Suisse-en-Nut. <laughs> it's not an official name. You're going to have a different experience. But Overall, when we just look at Switzerland as a whole, the top grapes production-wise are Pinot Noir for red wine and a white wine grape called Chasselas. Chasselas is like a super magical grape. It's a noble grape. It's an ancient grape. It goes way back in the day. It used to be way more widely planted. Now it's most famously in Switzerland and a part of France called the Savoie. And there's a little bit grown in the Rhone Valley and a little bit in Loire, but mostly people don't F with the Chasselas that much anymore. But except for Switzerland, they really fuck with the Chasselas. It's a magical grape, as I said, doesn't have much understanding in this public eye, but it's super special. And it's actually thought to have originated in Switzerland on the shores of Lake Geneva way, way, way back in the day. So exploding mind. That was my mind exploding. Chasselas can take on a few different flavors, but mostly it's a really peeling, like smooth, creamy, little minerals, depending on where it's planted, a little bit of lemon drops, fresh style, white wine, 
it's just very elegant, like so chic, like one of the most gorgeous silk dresses. And you're like, "Mm, I just want to be in that silk dress. Beautiful. So the key winemaking regions of the Swiss Beats vibes are Geneva, Neuchâtel, Ticino, Valais, and Vaud. I think instead of going through each region, it might make sense to think about the regionality of Switzerland as far as its neighboring countries, because that really does define the differentiation of the winemaking styles within those areas. So for por ejemplo, French Switzerland is most famous for the Valais region, which, as I mentioned before, is the area that I've had the most wine from. It's supposed to literally be like a beautiful, magical wonderland. I haven't had the pleasure of going yet. But when I first started tasting Swiss wine, most of what I was tasting was from this said magical place called the Valais. And I really couldn't wrap my mind around it because it had these, you know, the terrace, they have really high elevation terraces. Some grapes are planted lower in a valley floor. They had red wine that would be fruit driven and light, but then also some that tasted like, oh my God, we're drag racing. And this tire turned out, caused a little screech and I got a little like burnt rubbery vibe, but in a really good way. I'm holding the flag in the drag race and... And, I, and then I'm also driving because that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> I like to have it both ways. All right. So in the Valais, the most of the wines there are made from grapes that probably most people have never heard of. So bear with me. There's a white wine grape called Petit Arvine, which is really beautiful. It can create slightly herbaceous, higher acid white wines, loves high elevation. So it does really well in Switzerland. It also is very famous for being grown in the Val d'Ost, which is in Italy, in the higher northern area of Italy. Um, so Petit Arvine, Aminia, Humania, and then the red grapes are Humania Rouge, which also has another name called Cornelin. I'm telling you, I know these are, these are out there. The only other place you'll really find Cornelin, like some grapes have different names depending on the country you're in, but Cornelin is also found in Northern Italy in the Val d'Ost. So another grape that likes high elevation, but it takes on different expression when you have it from Switzerland and you have it in Northern Italy. I think that could possibly be a totally different podcast. So we won't get into it. When you have Humania Rouge from Switzerland, from the Valais, it tends to have a little bit more fruit, a little more give, a little bit less tar factor and more just like ripeness, but not sweet. It's just a very giving, bursting wine, full of energy. And of course, the Valet also grows Chasselas, the white wine grape we were talking about before, which is so fun to say. Everybody say it with me now. Chasselas, soothing. Another area in... the French part of Switzerland, is a place called Vaud. It's probably one of the most famous sites in all of Switzerland for being the place that there's this area within Vaud called Lavaux. It stands for three suns. Um, And Vaud is in the like southern lake area. There's lakes all around. And within Vaud is an area called Lavaux and it stands for three suns. This is what it's really famous for, the vineyards of the three suns. There's the real sun and then there's the heat that's retained from the terraces and then there's the light reflected off the lake. Like, whoa, Lake Geneva. 
like, whoa, uh, three sons. I definitely want to get into that vortex. And I think it would for sure just help with COVID-19 if everyone was in the place of the three sons. Anyway, this part of Switzerland is also known, the French part of Switzerland is also known for a blend of two grapes, a red wine that's made from a blend of two grapes, Gamay and Pinot Noir. And that blend, when Gamay and Pinot Noir is blended together in the French part of Switzerland, it goes by a red wine name of Dole. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm really sorry. I didn't want to be like cheesy, cheeky. I know I'm supposed to know a lot and maybe everything about wine, but I don't. But there's an accent over the O. I think it's Dole. And I think it's it's spelled like the pineapple brand, D-O-L-E. But so Dole. And it's similar to the idea of a wine that's made in Burgundy called Passe to Grand. And Passe to Grand in Burgundy immediately signifies when you see that, that it's a blend of Gamay and Pinot Noir. So the same vibe here in Switzerland, in the French part. And this makes sense because it's relatively close to Burgundy as well. So you can see how a lot of the traditions might bleed over. Now we get to the German Swiss vibes and they differ from the French part. The German side dominated by the production of Pinot Noir or as it's called over there, Blauburgunder. And that's just a synonymous name for Pinot Noir in the German Swiss winemaking areas. And listen, it's all Switzerland, but there's just Germanic influence. <clears throat> it's actually made, this Blauburgunder is made sweet and it's made dry. I personally, I haven't had the sweet version. You know, I'm sure there's a time and a place when you might want to get a little juicy Blauburgunder with some spicy hot mustard. And for the white wines, most of the white wines made in this area are made from a grape called Müller Turgau. And Müller Turgau is really, really cool. It grows really well at high elevation and low elevation. Takes on different viscosity and sugar content depending at the, uh, on the elevation. Can be herbaceous and can be minerally. It could be a little petroly. So it's kind of cool. And it's almost like this part of Switzerland is this sort of extension of Germany's southern winemaking regions, which are pretty famous. So it sort of trickles down and is contained continued as an afterthought into this part of Switzerland. As far as Italian vibes, we've got Ticino, which is Italian vibes in the Swiss mode. And I admittedly don't, I have not had that much wine from this part of Switzerland. I've had a lot of Northern Italian wines, but I have not had that many Swiss Italian vibe wines. Apparently there's a lot of Merlot. And it can be full and oak-aged or light and fruity. So Merlot City, fortunately, that's all I got to say, but centered around an area called Ticino. Let's all go there one day. I'm down. Uh, but today, you know, I really want to talk about, we just got these wines in from one of my favorite Swiss producers. They come in once a year and we get them and then they sell out. They're really cool. They're imported by Soil Expedition. And the name is Domaine de Cherouche. This husband and wife team, they're making wine in the Valais, 500 to 800 meters above sea level. There were people who were like a teacher and just doing average things. And they were like, had a passion, a burning passion for winemaking, which a lot of times those people make the best wine when they're just like, I must make wine. So amazing husband and wife team, Mark and Andrea, and they have been making wine together since 2010, making sweet, sweet music together. This is the second year that I brought their wines in, maybe second or third year. I hadn't really had them. I'd been exposed to other Swiss wines, which were great. But you know, when you're going to throw down on a Swiss wine, it's going to cost you some skrills and you just want it to be on that magical level. So they're magic. It's mountain viticulture in the Valais at its height. And 
you know, yeah, that's a heroic feat to be making wine up at that height because the terrain can be very challenging. But this couple, they practice organics, biodynamics. They literally are ninjas in the wine cellar trying to make everything dope as fuck. And they make some of the finest Swiss wines around. They're very culty, super limited. The highlight, like the highlight of it for me is that they are really trying to encourage and sort of expose indigenous varietals and how that expresses the terroir of the mountainous valet region so, so elegantly. So they make their white wine from grape Petit Arvine and another one named Argnau. Because within every country, even though I just mentioned like the top grapes, there's all these other indigenous varietals that creep up in the index. And, you know, that's what life's about. That's what uh, discovering new wines is about. All the different grapes that are out there. It's wild. Red wines are made from mostly Gamay and Lord, they are delicious. So different from an expression of a Gamay from Beaujolais. Takes on a very different character. And listen, these wines are a little expensive. I linked them in the show notes. I just wanted to talk about Swiss wines because I've been having dreams about Switzerland, want to go there. And then I was like, ah, we have these dope ass Domaine de Cherouche, husband, wife, making wine, living their dreams. And I think that's what everybody needs a little bit of right now, right, right here, right now. Guys, wine quarantine times has been absolutely bananas. It's like you shift your whole perspective on life. It's just important to take it day by day. We're all going to get through this. We're all going to daydream of Switzerland and swimming in lakes and eating sausages and just running through the hills. The hills are alive. But man, does it feel like it's endless. Not to be negative. I'm a very positive person. But one thing I hope this podcast and one thing I hope that drinking wine can do is transport you to another place. Taste the wine. You're in another part of the world. And to me, that's one of the most elegant, beautiful things about wine. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to try the wines from Cherouche, you can go to helenswines.com and you can order them there. If you would like, no pressure. We ship nationally, so you can buy anything off our website and we'll mail it to you. The only states we don't ship to because they won't let us, it's not me, are Michigan and Utah, unfortunately. Sad teardrop from my eye. But if you want to just see what we're up to, follow along on Instagram at Helen's Wines. If you have stuff you want to hear about on this podcast, Wine Face, I want to know. Please rate, review, and subscribe because then I can get a better idea of what my listeners want or itching to hear about because I would love to tell you. And if you have anything specific, hit me up in my DMs at Helen's Wines. I read them all. I try and respond to them all. That's the whole enchilada, folks. So Swiss beats, y'all. Free your mind. This is Helen Johannesson. And I thank you very much for listening. Check out Helen's Wines. If you're in Los Angeles, you can't come in, but you can come talk to me at the front of the store. Otherwise, helenswines.com. This is Wine Face, and I'm out. Stay safe, y'all.